Welcome to the Shining Light Podcast. This is Pastor Sam. And Patrick, no compromise with Eva Wyatt. And today we've got a pretty interesting topic. We, we always have interesting topics on They're the Shining Light Podcast. Yes. Uh, today we're going to be looking at tribalism. Tribalism. Now, what in the world is tribalism, Patrick? Well, I was hoping you would answer that. Didn't no. Um, <laughs> so tribalism is a term that, that shows a natural, that indicates the natural human propensity to prefer and show loyalty to a group that a person identifies with or is part of. So, you know, obviously with a tribe of Indians, then that would be, you know, that would be your tribe. But this is not just that. It's, it's all over the world. Any group that you would closely identify with could be, you could be a, a tribalistic large family, I guess. You could be identified by pol- politics or some people by ethnicity or anything like that. So that's what tribalism is. We want to look at tribalism and uh, how that both affects our society and how we see it within the church and how it's being used as a tool of the left to divide people. So it, it, it's... Jeff Dornick, thanks for bringing this up for us. We, yeah, this is one of those that we, uh, in the Shining Light VIP group on Facebook, which if you haven't joined that, you need to go ahead and like our page on Facebook, the Shining Light Podcast. But then you also need to join our group, the Shining Light VIP, uh, Shining Light Podcast VIP. You need to go ahead and join that, I think. Yeah. Uh, join that group. And this this has got uh, this question in there. Um, what about tribalism? To talk about tribalism. And, and one thing that you're saying here, Patrick, um, it really made me think of identity politics. Mm-hmm. Identity politics. Now, is that kind of uh, would that fit under the umbrella of tribalism? Identity politics. I say it would because tribalism. Again, there's a natural human, um, and it's in our nature to, to kind of divide ourselves into groups, and sometimes visually. So yeah, and it's been politically weaponized to to maximize uh, division in people. So to overemphasize tribalism, to get people to identify so closely with the group, um, is to get people to look at other groups that are different than them and say, uh, those guys uh, are my enemy, especially if somebody's prodding you to tell you that those groups are my enemy. So it, it uh, comes up and plays into Satan's strategy of divide and conquer. Jesus said a house mm-hmm. divided against itself cannot stand. Well, Satan's read the Bible multiple times. He knows it by heart. And he's taken that idea and, and weaponized it against humanity. It's a truth that Christ proclaimed. And Satan's maximizing that to his advantage. So it's a divide and conquer strategy here. This idea of, of tribalism, and and what what are the different groups that you uh, that you see in society that go and they they group together as as tribes? I guess would be the way to put it. Well, right now the big push is ethnicity, right? So as we were talking earlier, and you you'd uh, mentioned in Sunday school this morning, there's how many races? Um, well, there's the four by eight. There's the uh, four by two. No, 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 not the track and field. Actually, in humanity, the, oh, I, I like that though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I, I mean, yeah, yeah. You're not talking about the sprint medley and things like that. No, oh, those, no. those are those are fun. Yeah, there there is one race, and that's the the human race. Okay, so there's the human race, but we can visually look at somebody and say that person has a different ethnicity than me. They have a different skin color. They have different features. Would indicate they're not from the same area or ancestry or lineage that I am. And so it's a natural thing. And it's really, since we're galvanized now, quote, racially, society is, well, every race is against every race. And if you're the white race, you're against all other races. Well, again, there's only one race. But the fact of the matter is that people will identify um, with people that look like them. So that's one example. People also identify with people that think like them or affiliate with the same political party um, that's another thing. Or 
in some cases, if, if, if one sin is being exalted and you're part of that group, and we'll, we'll use, again, homosexuality is that, you're part of that group. Um, or anything like that. If, if you're a, a, a gun rights person, well, you're part of that group. So when we talk about different groups, and we've talked about this before, that can be brought together in common cause, if you're being discriminated against, systematically oppressed, as, as the left would tell you, then that's called intersectionality, where you could be a part of one group, and, but also a part of another group. So that's intersectionality, that groups intersect and bring each other together. These are all aspects of a root idea of tribalism. And it is natural. So you grow up in an area, especially if it's a homogenous area, whatever ethnicity that is, you tend to, uh, even from a young age, to, to identify with that group. And as you get older, you notice, hey, there's people that look different than me. Now, if there's people in that group, and there typically are, they're going to try to make that advantage, uh, make advantage of you, I should say, take advantage, that that group is different than you, therefore maybe they don't like you, or maybe they have something against you, and we have to stick together, us against them. Mm -hmm. There's nothing Christian about what I've just talked about, by the way. Right. Now, now in society, to see this, uh, maybe it's easily seen, or more recently seen, in the, the squad, because there, there are four freshmen, uh, congresswomen, I yeah. guess. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, and, and they're... Uh, kind of joining together with that, kind of fighting the machine. So they'd say, and by the way, I'm not for the, for the squad, so don't think mm -hmm. that I'm uh, for that. But it's it, they're kind of, uh, they're, they've created their own tribe. And it's interesting because it's kind of like the tribe of misfit toys uh, when it comes <laughs> to uh, to the squad. But but is that kind of an idea of tribalism where they're joined together and they're, they're backing each other up. And, and, and then when you play into that intersectionality, some of them are going and saying, well, if you fight for me on Islam, then I'll fight for you on the Green New Deal. If you fight for me on the Green New Deal, then I'll go and fight for you with feminism. Is that kind of that idea of intersectionality and tribalism mixing together? It is, and it's a, it's a unique combination. Number one, that example, all four women. Mm -hmm. So if, if you would say something against them, then they would try to twist it as the left constantly does. Well, you're just misogynistic. You're against women. What actually unites these women is their Marxist, socialist, slash Islam hatred of America and, and what they propose. So um, when the president came out and actually said something about them, like you can, you know, you're always bad mouthing America, so to speak, you can go back to the countries that, you, you know, where you came from, I think he said. In a couple instances, that would be Somalia with one. Another woman, um, what was her, Chalib, whatever her name is. I, I can't keep track of these guys or gals. But uh, she identifies yeah, as being from Palestine, which <laughs> a Palestine never, um, yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> but she, there never was a Palestine, but her parents, one of her parents was born in an area that's claimed to be Palestinian. And then others, of course, are, are advocating Marxist causes. Well, Going back to any of these Marxist countries, and I think he used Venezuela as an example. If he didn't, he should have. Go fix problems there and then come back and tell us how you did it, and then you can fix problems here instead of being critical. There's nothing said about race, but he was claimed to be a racist. He was criticizing them for their anti-American attitude. But tribalistically speaking, they tried to lump that like, well, since none of us are white males, then obviously his comment must be racist. Uh, there was a criticism of Elijah Cummings, and I, I read that criticism too that he comes from a bad area, it's, it's a total disaster, Baltimore, and I, I don't, don't really want to get into this too deeply, but the fact of the matter is, that was a criticism of the politics of the area, mm -hmm. not criticism of Elijah Cummings 
skin color or ethnicity. Right. But every time you would want to bring these things up, they can revert to this tribalist sense that, hey, since we're liberals, um, you know, in ideology, but since this is a black man, even though the criticism was towards the, the political affiliation, let's go ahead and attack, counterattack, that this man's a, a President Trump is a racist for criticizing a black man. Okay, the criticism wasn't about the ethnicity of Elijah Cummings. It was his rotten things he's done over the, his career. Well, you know, he was a, a civil rights icon. That may be the case, but he's not being criticized for being a civil rights icon. He's being criticized for his Marxist, leftist, mm -hmm. liberal policies that he's been a champion of for these many years. That's the problem. It's not tribalism. It's ideas, but they want to bring it back together and use that as an excuse. Right, and, and that's an interesting one that you bring up with uh, President Trump because, you know, we, we, I think there are some, some criticisms you can have of President Trump, but one is not that he's a racist. No. He is the furthest thing from a racist. Yeah. And so that is just an absolute ridiculous claim uh, when the left does that, and the left does that continually yeah. um, against him. And against anybody that would, would criticize leftist policy, they want to break it down to who you were talking to, and if that person you were talking to is a anybody other than a male or a white person, then we have room to throw the racist uh, mud at you. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, as you said, when I look at President Trump, I'm not giving a full-throated endorsement to President Trump and everything he does. I look at each issue policy by policy. Right. Okay, and that's how we should do it. If you, even if you're a supporter of President Trump, when he does something wrong, that's something that should be a concern to you, and you would like to get that addressed. Now, that doesn't mean you, you know, I'll stomp off and, and never talk to, you know, or... or do anything in, in for President Trump again, um, and who you vote for is up to you by your conscience, but look at things issue by issue. Don't look at what the left's throwing at you. It's not about what tribe you're from. It's what you believe in in a political setting, what you're pushing. Right. Well, and I, and I got a question for you here, Patrick. Uh, is, is this teapot half full or half empty? And that... <laughs> I would say it's a little more than than it's more than half, but uh, I look at it as a consumer. I'd say it's like half empty. So, Patrick is a pessimist. I'm a pessimist. He's a pessimist. You know, I'd also say, known as a realist, but a pessimist. Right. I, I'd look at it and I'd say it's half full. I'm an optimist, but you know, I've heard that if the left looks at that, <laughs> they're going to say it's racist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. That. <laughs> that's how tribalism works, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it galvanizes and goes and it uses things against that. But today uh, at the Shining Light podcast, we're looking at... I knew where that was going to uh, go. We're, yeah, we're looking at tribalism. And you need to go ahead and go to theshininglightministries.com. Once again, that's theshininglightministries.com. And, and you need to go ahead and like and subscribe. Uh, follow us on iTunes. You can follow us on Google Play. Like our Facebook page. We got all kinds of stuff that you can like. All kinds of stuff that's likable. Right. It, especially about us. I mean, we're very <laughs> likable people. <laughs> My mom told me so. You're special. Right. Yeah. Lots of people tell me I'm special. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, also, uh, we do have a book coming out, uh, and that's found at the... Oh boy, I don't even know where it's found here. Socialinjusticebook.com. Socialinjusticebook.com. Use code... Uh, Patrick or Sam to get a free audiobook when it comes out here. Hopefully, it's going to be coming out soon. Um, we're, it's looking like late summer. Uh, I'm I still got hopes that it's going to come out here in August. So, yeah, we can. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're we're ready for it. We are excited. Yeah. We want to. We, we want to read it. it too. 
So we want to read it. Uh, go ahead and be looking for that. Also, don't forget to put on your Christmas list darkened pulpits. Darkened pulpits. We're gonna have more information about that coming up soon. Uh, but do you just want to give us a quick update on that? Well, now we're fifty-five thousand words in. I think last time we talked, I was probably in the high forties. So it's it's. I've gotten to a part of the book where things are moving more quickly. So a lot of the historical. You have to lay the historical foundation. Where does social justice come from? And to be able to understand the ideas, see how it's metamorphosized over time, and who's bringing it to you today. So getting that history right is very important, and making sure that the research is there is important. So um, it could be written quicker, but I would rather write it better. That's that, that's good. That's yeah. good. And, and I am excited to, to read that. In fact, just got to read another one of the chapters here this last, uh, uh, last week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, last week, and, and it was uh, it was excellent, and so you really need to put that on your uh, Christmas list. It's I think it's going to be the best book of 2019. I really That's do. That's pretty high praise. Now, yeah. Thanks for adding pressure. But um, yeah, I wanted, I wanted Sam and, and another pastor friend's input because it's important, as, as I said, it's important to be right theologically, historically, to the best of my knowledge. And of course, since I'm a flawed man, as anybody else is, it's always good to get other eyes on sometimes, people you respect and trust and know their stuff. So that was what I did with that chapter last week. So, Is it true I, you looked at what I said and then you said, oh good, now I know what to do the opposite of? There could be some truth in that, but probably not. <laughs> so, no, no, not at all. Uh, but, uh, but be looking for darkened pulpits. But today on the Shining Light Podcast, we're talking about tribalism. And we've looked at tribalism in society, and we covered that pretty good. Or is there something else that we need to go with? Because uh, I think tribalism isn't just in society; it's also in the church. It's definitely in the church. Uh, it, it, but if you want, there's one more aspect of tribalism okay. we'll look at in society. So we were talking about different groups, and of course, with this uh, tribalism, Christ is the great uniter, right? There, there's only really two types of people in the world. Where we say there's multiple, you know, people, groups that we could affiliate with or consider, either we're in or or against. There's only two types of people. That's the saved and the unsaved. So that's the two groups we need to worry about. If we're in the saved group, we need to worry about the unsaved group. And we also need to exhort our brothers and sisters in the saved group to go out there and fight the battles that God calls us to do, the spiritual battles to bring others into our side. So not an opposing tribe. It's a tribe that needs our help. So, But when you try to unite politically, let's say under the banner, okay, we have these different groups, we have different ideas, we have uh, different cultures and all that, but can we unite under at least the nation? Can we, can we be Americans? And now, in this case, the, the tribalist instinct, they want to suppress that part of uniting under that particular instance. We get criticized now for saying that we can be Christians and for our nations, we can be patriots. And we've recently saw some, some criticism there, and it's always been there. But one of the big pushes in the left right now is to try to separate you, whatever group you identify with, from your nation. Okay, so if you have a bunch of individual groups that don't like their nation, that nation's not long here. Uh, that's, again, part of the strategy in a house divided against itself cannot stand. This is exactly what the left's trying to do. When you hear somebody, Christian or secular, saying you can't be a patriot and Christian, that was what our nation was founded on. Right. You, you were a patriot. Being patriotic was being a Christian mm -hmm. and putting those Christian ideas forth under the government that was formed. And I realize we're not that Christian nation anymore. I realize that the ideas we were formed under are not held by too many people anymore because the Christian faith, likewise, is not held. And that's the glue that holds our society together and who made us the people we were. So, but the fact that you would have people claiming a Christian faith, saying there's something inherently wrong with being nationalist and trying to link that to 
Nazism or fascism, which were national German socialism, right? Socialism. These things also have a globalist ambition. And, and that's, but there, if you don't have nationalism, we've talked about this before, the opposite of that or the, the alternative is globalism. Right. So here you have tribalism, not only just pitting us against each other, but this attempt to unite and say, hey, we're a nation, we should at least under that aspect abide by the election outcomes. They don't even want that. They want to slander you as a Christian for being, <laughs> for being patriotic. Not necessarily about where the country is today, but trying to appreciate who we once were and seeking a reformation towards that end. Right. I, well, I'm, I'm reminded of a quote from Abigail Adams, and uh, she wrote to her friend uh, Mercy Warren on November 5th, 1775. So think about that time frame there. We're real close to 1776. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, A patriot without religion is, in my estimation, is as great a paradox as an honest man without the fear of God. Is it possible that he whom no moral obligations bind can have any real goodwill toward men? Can he be a patriot who, by an openly vicious conduct, is undermining the very bonds of society? The scriptures tell us righteousness exalts a nation. And Boy, that's put together well by somebody at that yeah, time. So right. to kind of show you again what uh, our founding looked like. And, and so, I mean, it's that idea of, uh, of that really is where our founding, uh, founding came from. But, but as we look at this idea of tribalism within the church, uh, something that I think uh, that needs to be a key word that's realized is uh, diversity. Diversity. Tribalism mm-hmm. and diversity. Uh, that word diversity is used quite often. In fact, I just um, went to a, a man, and I'll go ahead and give his name because, I mean, this is public stuff. You can go look it up. Mark Vrog- Vrogop. Maybe I shouldn't give his name because I can't pronounce it well. But uh, Mark Vrogop. Easy for you to say. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he's he, he's written quite a bit for Nine, uh, nine Marxist, I mean Nine Marks and uh, the uh, Gospel Coalition, also known as the Apostate Coalition. Um, and one thing that he has here is it's this 3DG, Diversity Discipleship Discussion Group. And hmm. uh, on his headline, he says, I'm attending the monthly 3D, 3DG meeting tomorrow uh, to talk about lament prayer over the President of the United States' tweet and to talk about white Christian silence and to take questions. Hope you'll join us for a great conversation. That was July 20th uh, at 5.54 p.m. if you really want the timestamp on that. White Christian silence. So is this guy a racist? I know he's bringing race into this. Yeah, uh, he is a racist. Okay. Uh, in, in fact, um, now, people probably really don't like they said that, especially since he just spoke at our national conference. But, but he is a racist. Uh, in fact, I believe that if you believe in more than one race, that makes you a... Racist. Well, that makes you a racist. And if you judge people by the color of their skin or their ethnicity, by the commonly used term of racist, that's what you are. And it's interesting that the left can so twist somebody's mind, it's much easier to get, make somebody a racist against somebody looking different than them, because that again plays into tribalism, which is more of a natural right. human fallen instinct. But when they're so good at what they're doing that they can so deceive you that you would be racist against your own skin color, that's a whole new level. Right. And, and this is the thing. This is a guy who pushes uh, racial reparations. In fact, he put a uh, article, an article out, a blog post about uh, going over the different books on racial reparations, and, and he's, he's promoting this idea, and they celebrated um, the Civil Rights Movement and Martin Luther King Jr. and was big in the MLK 50 thing. Uh, now, now, what are some, some of the problems with this? Uh, as, as a Christian, look, uh, our tribalism, our tribe, well, our uniting factor should be Christ, right? 
Exactly. It should be be Christ. Exactly. Um, Was Martin Luther King Jr., was he a Christian? No, he was not a Christian. Now, he did good things in the civil rights movement. The civil rights movement was also, um, it wasn't exclusively black. There were white people and different people in that movement involved. So that was a good thing to bring people, to try to tear down the walls of discrimination had been up for so long, put in place by the Democratic Party predominantly. I got to throw that in. But yeah, but Martin Luther King, I mean, he, he can be exalted in that sphere that he was good for the civil rights movement. He should not be exalted in the church because a man was a wicked man. His orthodoxy was not Christian. And the things he did, especially his sexual immorality, is fairly well known. It's, it's hushed up a little bit. But if well, you don't believe wasn't me... Wasn't there FBI tapes that just came out? Exactly. Uh, of, yeah. of him laughing while his buddy raped a girl and he was in the same room? Yeah, and it, you, that's exactly right. I mean, there, there's gruesome details of this stuff that maybe you don't need to delve into because it's not pleasant to look at. But the fact of the matter is, um, in the church, rather than you're taking your eyes off of Christ and what he did on the cross and what God did as creator and what he wants to continue to do and the grace he affords us and the forgiveness he offers us. Instead of talking about these things, we're going to completely secular, making an idol out of a man who, who from that Christian perspective, did not die as a Christian. Now, if you're offended by that, I urge you to go look up Martin Luther King, some of these things we're talking about for yourself, and then tell me if you think that that exemplified Christianity. And even his, his beliefs were not Christian. He did not have orthodox Christian beliefs. So if, if Jesus didn't die for your sins, there is no other way to heaven, despite what Tim Keller might tell you, that there might be a trap door somewhere <laughs> there is that no he's unaware door. of. Yeah, if there was that sort of thing, the Bible would have told you that. That's pure speculation on Keller's part, which means he doesn't fully trust or believe what the Bible says. That should tell you a lot about Tim Keller of the Gospel Coalition. Now, you just actually mentioned uh, perhaps the biggest tribe in Christianity today, at least in uh, our circles, and that is the Gospel Coalition. The Gospel Coalition. Big tribe. Uh, that, that, is a, that is a big tribe, and this is tribalism, because I'm sure that we're going to have people who really dislike this podcast because we're calling out somebody who is part of this Gospel Coalition. In fact, if they're they're part of the Gospel Coalition, people get upset, and they oh, don't hit my buddy. Oh, don't do that. You know, he's a good guy. He's a, he's a nice Christian man, all these kind of things. But, but here's the thing. What is the person's doctrine? Are they pushing right. Christ or are they pushing against Christ? That's the question that it comes to. I, I, it doesn't matter what group they're a part of. It doesn't matter about these things. Tribalism is, is something that is absolutely just destructive because it makes people turn a blind eye to sin, whereas in we're called to, to go and to call out sin. Uh, that's, that's where tribalism is bad. Well, even in church, the denominational differences, in effect, make us a tribe. So I could be a Baptist or a Methodist or a Presbyterian. I could be a Calvinist. I could be a Neo-Calvinist. I could be an Armenian. These are all descriptors or separations within the banner of Christianity saying, I associate with this group or this denomination or this ideology within Christianity. I could be a Catholic. And there's, there's all these other different things that, that people would identify as. You wouldn't make a very good Catholic. No, I probably wouldn't. I I eat meat all the time, even during Lent. But anyway, um, I don't give anything up. But um, so, so you have that, and you and you have these ideas that would naturally separate us. Even within Baptists, let's say there's Southern Baptists, there's American Baptists, there's the Garb, there's, there's all kinds, the, the all kinds of Baptists, right? So, and we were like, well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be tribal, and we're gonna hold to this. Now, we particularly hold to the doctrine of separation, which doesn't mean we completely cut off any association with anybody that believes differently than us, but it does believe, doctrinally speaking, as a church, we would not associate 
with with other churches that are not like-minded, right? Right. So yeah. so so there's a tribalism within the church, and it's 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 good if you have a certain there's a certain good thing about that, but if that becomes the dominant feature, and we forget again about the Bible, we forget about Jesus Christ. That's the unifier that we should all believe in the orthodoxy of the Bible. And if we don't believe in the orthodoxy of the Bible, if the Bible's not the divinely inspired and errant word of God, given through men of his revelation of himself to all of humanity, then we got a real problem there. Again, it comes to the point our where do you, even though you claim a Christian faith, are you a Christian? Like the great liberals of the past, Harry Emerson Fosdick, denied pretty much every New Testament tenet that, that we hold dear as Christians. If you take out everything that he denied was true, there is no Christian faith. The man was not a Christian. Right. And, and this is the problem with tribalism. It's not the fact that, I mean, you're going to be, you're going to be segmented, uh, segmented. Uh, you're, you're going I'm going to have to, to look that one up. I've not yeah. seen that word before. I like to make up words once in a while. Um, <laughs> you're going to be put into groups. How about that? That there sounds you go. better. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be put into groups. And, and it's, it's not the, the question of that. The question is, is, can you call out someone within your group? That's it, the big st- if, yes. If yes. you cannot call someone out in your group, it doesn't matter what group you're talking about. That's tribalism. Exactly. And it doesn't mean you have to like grab the knife out and go try to, you know, stab them in the heart, especially when it's a brother or sister. Put that knife away. Yeah, put that knife away. Oh. If it's a brother or sister, you know, you could ask like, so where does that come from? Can you show me biblically? And you know what? There's people that are that are looking at the same scriptures you are and they're taking it a different way. So that's another matter, but in this idea of tribalism, we're going to have to accept the fact that there is people are going to identify with certain groups, but that doesn't mean that you have to shun other groups or, right. or other in society, other people. This idea of racism, guess what? God loves every one of us. All of us are made in God's image, but it's our behavior. That doesn't give us any sort of divine right now to nullify God's holiness and do what we want and claim as image bearers that God loves us so much anyway that, that we can get away with it. That's not what I'm saying at all because that's the exact opposite. But we are all created in His image. We should not be looking at somebody's skin color much like what the left is doing inside and outside the church and making assumptions based on the color of somebody's skin that they have to believe this way or they should believe this way. And if they don't believe this way that they're racist or they hate somebody else or that sort of thing. That is division. That is from Satan. That's not biblical. That shouldn't be Christian. It shouldn't be happening in the church. But unfortunately, it is the example you just gave a while ago. Somebody's whiteness. That, that's ridiculous. Right. And... And you just look at these things. the the the, the big deal with tribalism is that when when people uh, come together, it's it's that we ought to be able to call out sin. And tribalism goes and says you cannot call somebody out in your tribe, no matter what. So it makes it so that you're inclusive of error, inclusive of sin, inclusive of things that are not in God's word. And that's the problem with tribalism. It's not that there are. I mean, we're, we're it's natural. We're going to go and group off. We are. The question is: is can you police your own? Or are you stuck accepting your own's garbage simply because, well, they're part of the tribe? That's exactly right. That's, that's the bottom line. And we have way too much of that going on. That if my guy says this, I'm backing him no matter what. No matter if he's an heir or what. And it should never be that way. You should, we should always strive first. The tribe we're part of is, the, is God's people. And we should always be striving. And even if you're unsaved and you're watching this podcast. You should always look at the individual and find out who that individual is first before you make an assumption based on their skin color, how they should act, how they should talk. You know what? There's people different, and you might find that difference is great. And I've actually found that. I like 
different perspectives. I like different food, but that's that's. And a I, I do thing. like different food too. Uh, I, no, I, I enjoy that different perspective too. I, I really enjoy debating and looking at different ideas and actually debating. There's a difference between debating and arguments, and that's that's a problem. People don't understand that mm-hmm. actual debates. But uh, we're we're running out of time here. But I do want to just mention one biblical example here of a rejection of tribalism. And that is uh, when Peter withstood Paul, and he talks about that in the book of Galatians. He says he withstood him to his face. Of course, it's accounted in the book of Acts. Uh, and that this this came up, and the whole idea was was that Peter was doing something wrong. He was actually committing the sin of partiality. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, Paul came up and confronted him. But yet, they would have still been in the same tribe, and yet Paul rejected tribalism because he loved his brother enough to point out his error. They were still brothers after that conflict, and that's the point. They weren't enemies. They were brothers. They were brothers the whole time. Right. Well, for the Shining Light Podcast, this is Pastor Sam. And Patrick, no compromise with Eva Wyatt. Have a great day. You hear him talking about evolution. I saw some